Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. to minister on forgiveness. I've just been thinking a lot, and this message has been preached before. I've preached it before. Pastor has preached on forgiveness. You've heard it over and over again, but I feel like it's just so needed. I remember when I first heard this message, and we were at a conference in uh, San Antonio, Texas, and there was a pastor that had come in and, and was speaking, and he was speaking on forgiveness, and that just touched my heart in a way that I so needed it. And that message through the years has just come back and rung in my mind, rung in my spirit, and rung in my heart. And, and so I just feel like before we go into 2020, we need to address some things because we don't want to go into this new year carrying offenses and carrying things from our today on into our tomorrow. And so... Third John 2, there's a scripture that I want to just read for you, and it just says simply this. Third John 2, verse 2 and 3. Beloved, I pray that in all things that you may prosper and be in health, health, even as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and bear witness unto the truth, even as you walk in truth. So God wants us to more than anything, our soul to prosper. What gets us in trouble in life is our soul is sick. Because we get sick from the way that we think. We get sick from the way we act, our actions, the things that come into our mind. If we don't get it right and we don't begin to allow the Spirit of God to do what He wants to in our heart, then we will, our soul will begin to get sick. And those that are in, in the... Uh, nursing or uh, doctors, you know, in, in the business, they will tell you that it does matter how a person thinks because how we think will adjust our whole life. If we think on negative things, if we think on hateful, mean things, the next thing you know, our soul begins to get really sick. Our body will get sick and it will come out in every area of our life. And so we don't want to drag that into us because a prosperous soul will walk in the truth of God's word. And that's what we want. And there's a story that is like no other story in the word of God about forgiveness. And you find it in your Bibles in Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to read you a little bit of this. It's a little bit long, but I promise you it's most of my scripture for today. Then Peter came and said to him, said to Jesus, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus said to you, I do not say to you up to seven times, but Peter, you should be forgiving 70 times seven. Now that sounds really harsh. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared. He's saying, I'm going to show you something here that's going to compare to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. There was a king and Maybe it was the end of the year and he was getting ready to go into the new year and he wanted to settle some accounts. I'm not really sure exactly what is going on. But Peter, I know that Peter suffered from impatience and he suffered from frustrations. And I know that Peter was just like you and I. He's doing his best to follow Jesus. I believe that Peter, with all of his heart, wanted to do right. 
and he was thinking in the way that we think. You know, somebody's been really, really ugly to me. How many times am I supposed to forgive them? Seven times? Is, is that sufficient, Lord? And the Lord was basically telling him, no, forgiveness is a way of life. Forgiveness is who you become. And so that's what he's beginning to say to us. Well, this, this king, he began to settle them. And one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his lord, the king, demanded him to be sold along with his, his wife and his children and all that he had. And he declared that repayment should be made to this man. So the slave fell on his face to the ground and prostrated himself. Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. And then and you would think, hey, come on now, my wife is blessed. My children, they're not enslaved. I mean, this is freedom. This is awesome. This is wonderful. And we look at this story, we can think, you know, how can this man be so stupid? How can he be so ungrateful? But Jesus wanted the whole story to be told, so this slave... The one that had just been given freedom, who should not have been a slave anymore, right? He should, he, that freedom, he should have enjoyed it. But he went out and he found one of his fellow slaves, somebody that was out there with him, probably lived next door to him or in the community with him. And so he went and this other slave owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and he began to choke him saying, pay back what you owe me. In other words, give, give it back to me. And the fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him saying, now you would think that that would click something in his brain, wouldn't you? You would think that in that moment of heat, heatedness, he would have said, of course, of course, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything to you, right? He should have immediately forgave him. But he was unwilling to do so, and he threw him in prison until he could pay him back for what he owed. So when his fellow slaves, remember there are always people that are watching. It could be those little children of yours. It, it could be a brother and sister. It, it, it could be a co-worker. It could be somebody's watching, but the fellow slaves were watching. And they saw what was happening, and they were deeply grieved. And they came, and they reported it back to their Lord to what had happened. When then summoning him, the Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. I had compassion upon you. I cared. And you should, should you not also have had mercy upon your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And in his anger, the Lord moved, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. And Jesus is saying to Peter here and to us today, my heavenly father shall also do the same thing to you if each of you do not forgive his brother from your heart. Selah. Father, I just thank you for your word today. I thank you, Father, for piercing our hearts and examining our lives today. God, that we will see what you're saying to us, not to someone sitting next to us, not to someone that needs it, that we think needs it in the church, but asking you're asking us to open our heart. And so we open it before you in Jesus' name. Amen. This is one of the most heartwarming 
stories that you can read, that which owed so much it could not pay it back and was forgiven. This man, it's said that he owed about $10 million and he could not pay. Now, that seems like a lot. Amen? It is a lot. But the man that owed $20 could not pay that either. They both need mercy. They both need grace. And this is an earthly story that we read in the Word of God. Do you know that all the stories that you read in the Word of God are earthly stories? But they have a heavenly meaning to them. It's made in a way so that you and I can know exactly what is being said. Because he was asking Peter to look into himself and see his own self-righteous heart, right? Amen? He wanted him to see a self-righteousness that he had in his heart. And so he was saying to us today, he was saying, this man had an impossible debt to be paid, yet his debt was canceled and it was forgiven. And the same man that had been given so much ended up in prison. And not only did he end up in prison, his family ended up paying the price also. We've been given so much. By the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes we want to give out so little. And when we give it out, we want to give it out with strings attached. And we say, how can this man be so cruel when so much mercy had been given to him? How could he act like this? Yet sometimes the body of Christ is so cruel to each other. And God has been so good to us. He's forgiven us for so much. I mean, each one of us have that same grace upon our life that's been given to us just because i've been given grace doesn't mean god doesn't have enough for you he does he has a new batch for me every morning and he does to you but jesus is saying in this situation he's saying so will your heavenly father do also to him who from his heart does not forgive his brother who trespasses now when peter came with his humility And his self-righteousness at the same time. How many times should I keep forgiving someone? Jesus was saying, Peter, to be in the kingdom of God and to be the witness that I've called you to be, you have to learn to walk in forgiveness. You have to learn to say, I'm sorry. You have to learn that our heavenly father will do to us who from our heart do not forgive his brother his trespasses. So I think that's a real heavy thing with God. When he's given mercy and he's given grace and he's forgiven us, then I think it's really heavy when he says, if you don't forgive, the heavenly father is bound. In other words, he can't do anything because you're holding this in your heart and his hand cannot be free to do in your life what God wants to do in your life. Do you know that you're the only one that's holding back the flood of God in your life? We are the only ones that will stop it from flowing. And I know I love to blame it on Daryl, but it doesn't work that way. That is not the way it works. Doesn't happen. He would never blame me. I know he wouldn't. Yeah, he would too. But but it doesn't do it. It doesn't hold up water with God. It doesn't. We have to ask, ask ourselves, do I love enough to forgive? Even when the offender never says I'm sorry. Now that's a hard one, isn't it? Because, you know, 
You know, we like our children to come and say, I'm sorry. Have you ever had that stubborn one that just can hardly say, I'm sorry? Have you ever had a child that absolutely, it's almost like it's going to choke them to death to get out those words, I'm sorry? Yeah. Yeah, we've all had them. We, we, have a, we have a little teenager right now that I'm sorry. It's not the easiest thing in the world for him to say. But, you know, we need to learn to practice it. I'm sorry. I really acted horrible. I didn't act like Jesus was operating through me. I didn't act that way. Where do we act like that most? We need to act like that most at our home. It starts in our home. Jesus is teaching Peter what real love and forgiveness is really about. He's telling us that forgiveness is closely associated with compassion, with tenderness and reconciliation. And may I say right here, husbands and wives and moms and dads and brothers and sisters, don't wait for your other one to say, I'm sorry. You just get forgiveness in your heart to start off with. Just get it there. Walk out forgiveness in your life. And I know it's hard when they're being really, really ugly to you. I know that's hard. It's not easy to walk in forgiveness. But do you want the abundance of God in your life? Do you want the anointing to flow? Do you want your finances to be blessed? Do you want your soul so prosperous that you're just happy? When your soul is prosperous and your soul is glad, Then you can say to it when things come, why are you so downcast, oh, you're so, you're blessed in the Lord. Walk in forgiveness and forgive those around you, and it will change your everyday life. But few Christians are are willing to take the time and emotional energy to follow uh, through and see the fullness of forgiveness because it's not an easy trip, especially when you've been done wrong. It's not easy. But it's the high road. It's the road that Jesus was telling Peter. And it's the road that Jesus is telling us today. If you'll walk in forgiveness, I promise you 2020 will be better than your 2019 was. And, and you know, the beautiful thing about, about, the, about the forgiveness of Jesus, sitting in this church today, we can just say, if you've been a, a real stinker, you know what? You can say to Jesus, I've been a real stinker and I want you to forgive me. And wash me on my sins. And you know what? He does it just like that. And we don't have to go and carry into our next days this unforgiveness and the stuff that is going to hold us back. Because forgiveness will bring wholeness to individuals. And it will bring wholeness to a church. And we have to ask ourselves, could there be a hidden closet in our heart lurking in the darkness? And it's called unforgiveness. Because, see, we have to be genuine to forgive all. It's kind of deep water, you know, that we tread into because we like to, we'll forgive this, but we won't forgive that. And forgiveness is a lifestyle. It means you're going to have to be genuine to practice living it every day. And that's tough stuff because it's really hard for me to say I forgive you or will you forgive me when I didn't start the argument or I didn't think I did. Isn't it funny how none of us ever think we're the ones that start the argument? Anybody here? Do you don't think you're the one that started it? Could it have just been your actions, your attitude? Could it have been just, you know, we got to just think, what did I do? You know what? How did this come about? If he thinks I started it, then surely I must have said something in a tone or something that wasn't right. And I'm causing dissension in my home. We've got to stop and think because, see, I believe in 2020 that God is bringing perfection into our lives. That's what he wants because he said he would perfect that thing, that situation, those things we struggle. He wants to perfect those things in our life. And I believe that as perfection 
in Christ, not in ourself, in Christ comes to our life because see, we want him to perfect those things in us that concern us. What is it that concerns you in your life? What is it? Is it your temper? Is it, is it uh, stubbornness? We got a lot of stubborn people in this church. You know, I always say when a child is stubborn, that's, that's kind of a good thing because they'll be able to make it in life if they are stubborn. But along the way, that stubbornness has to be molded and made and, and shaped so that it will go into the right avenues of life that it's supposed to. So we'll act right, and we won't act like we're still six years old when we're 26, you know? And, and so we, we have to allow the Spirit of God to change us into who He wants us to be because a message like this is the real deal. And so we're going to practice it. It'll change our lifestyle. It'll change our character. It'll change our attitude. The message of forgiveness will affect our health. And I mentioned that a while ago because physical and moral and emotional health, now that's living in wholeness. When our health, when our soul is prosperous, when our soul thinks more good thoughts than it does negative thoughts. And you have to see which balance, which way are you going? If there's too much negative thoughts going on in your mind, bring it back into a balance and begin to let the positive things uh, of the word of God, let it begin to rule, to be the umpire of your soul because see peace is your umpire. That's what the word of God says. And I love the scripture that when Jesus, when he left the earth, he said to his disciples, my peace, I bequeath, I give to you. I wanted to rest on your life. Well, you can't be in peace and unforgiveness at the same time. Impossible. It won't happen. If you still, every time you talk or most of your conversation is about what somebody else is doing, you are not living in peace. I believe that perfect peace and rest will change our personality because how we act and react to other people who have hurt us, who have wronged us. And have you ever been in, in a room where you walked into a room and there's somebody that you had an, maybe not even an altercation with, but they didn't like you. And, and before it was all over with, you didn't really, you know, you're not going to go out of your way to make it right. But you've, you've been there, and they're on the other side of the room, and you're hoping they don't come on over where you're at? Are you hoping that they don't talk to you because you just rather not talk to them? But I believe that in these situations, we have to judge our own heart. If you're not offended at them, then they can feel whatever they want to feel. You wish they felt good about you, but you can't choose for them how to feel. And if we are really allowing the Spirit of God to do what He wants in our heart, then they can be in the same room, and it might not be the most comfortable thing in our but we love them and we care for them. Because, see, Jesus loves us and cares for us when we're not in a very good situation. If this person says something, and all of a sudden you remember the hurtful thing that they said or done, it means that you haven't let it go yet. It means it's still lurking. One who truly forgives will go on with God. Sometimes we got to talk, and that's what we're doing this morning. We're kind of talking about how we can go into 2020 and be, be the people that God wants us to be. Because you know what? we got a big city here that needs us. Everywhere you go, on your jobs, everywhere, they need the gospel of Jesus Christ to be preached through your daily life. If the soulish realm isn't healed, we can't move on. Pastor and I have been pastoring for a long time, and we've watched people that have the same hurts as someone else. And I realize that 
we all were, were made different and that we react differently. Some it takes a little longer than it does others, and I'm not taking away from that. Because I believe that as time goes on and as we grow in Christ, things that bothered us before won't pull us down this time. And that's part of our growth, part of our maturity. And that's what God wants and God expects of us. But we have watched people that have sat in church, have been in church, and someone over maybe on this side has been through the same thing that they've been on that side. And this person over here, they have let it go. And they're able to go on and live victorious. And somebody sitting on this side, they never let it go. They're still harboring those same unforgiveness in their heart. And therefore, they can't enjoy life. They can't eat of the abundant life that Jesus Christ. And I believe that God wants his church not to fake forgiveness, but to walk in forgiveness. He's requiring of it because unforgiveness is a slow-eating cancer. It's a prison cell. And other people, you can have something against them from your past, and you know what? They're going to go on with their lives. And what are you going to do with it? What are you, are you going to let it go, or are you going to just keep at it? Because, see, I tried to live with hurt and unforgiveness, and, but I've had to give it up. It's a luxury that we can't afford in our lives. We have to get like Catherine Kuhlman. She would tell her staff, Somebody would say something that would be really derogatory or, or they were, you know, telling things out in the, that just weren't true. And they'd come around and, you know, the staff would be all upset. And she said, just pretend it didn't happen. Just go on. Just pretend it didn't happen. Well, you may not feel it when you first started pretending it didn't happen. But if you say, God, I don't want to feel like that. That is not according to your will. That is not according to your word. Therefore, I will not take it. It will not be my lunch. It won't be my dinner. It won't be my breakfast. It will not rob me of what God wants me to have for fullness of life. Because in every person's life, there's conflict. In every person's life, there's hurts. There's wounds. It happens in families. It happens in our home, brothers and sisters and husbands and wives and children. And, and it, it happens on your work. And, yes, it even happens in, in a church. It, the only survivors are those who learn how to forgive and to cancel out other people's debt. And I believe that God is saying, I want you, Solid Rock, as a family, as a person, and as a church. I want you to go in 2020 not taking unforgiveness because Jesus was giving such a strong message. I mean, when you move it from seven times to 490 times, now that's rough stuff. I mean, why did Jesus have to be so radical? You know, you have to think, okay, 490 times, I got to forgive somebody. Now, come on, Jesus, that's really radical. But he says, yes, you got to be radical. In other words, you got to know that it's not okay to carry unforgiveness in your heart. It's just not okay. It's terrible medicine. It'll kill you. Seven times is not enough because at the end of seven times, you'll say, okay, that's eight. They're out. They're, that's it. I'm done. It's over with. Done, done, done. Now, you may be living with, you know, I don't know, a pastor may feel like he's forgiven me 490 times. I don't know. But I think Jesus would say to him, that's not enough, Daryl. You just keep on forgiving. You keep your heart right and you forgive. And that's what God is saying in our lives. He's saying to us, don't look at how many times and what's come back to me. Guard your own heart. Make sure that a root of bitterness does not spring up within you. Hebrews 12 and 15 and I like verse 14 uh, 
also, and we didn't write it down in our scriptures, but it said it wants us to live in peace. It says, see, make every effort in your home. Make every effort on your job. Make every effort when you're dealing with your child. Make every effort in all of your life to live in peace. Now, isn't that interesting? Why would that scripture say, make every effort, do everything you can, because he knew he was going to struggle with that peace, that free gift, you know, that he gave us when he left. My peace, I'm going to put upon you, not as the world would give, but as only I can give. That's why Pastor and I tell people that trying to make decisions, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? And we always say, and it's a model of our life. It's how we live. This is how we make our decisions. Follow after peace. Because peace is what Jesus said we have to have to be able to live this life and live it in the abundant life. And so, and then verse 15, 12, 15 says, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. What would cause us to come short of the grace of God? That no root of bitterness would spring up and cause trouble and by many be defiled. That root of bitterness will defile our own hearts. It's not making him pay that's going to cause defilement. It's going to be, I will be the one that will suffer if I don't let it go. And the same with you in your heart. And the only way that a local church will flourish and retain its testimony is when it cares enough to forgive and cancel the debts of others. It will be a church with a testimony. It'll be a church that economically, morally, and spiritually will live out forgiveness from every person that is in this house and those that aren't here but that are listening and will be here next week. We have to forget about saying you love me if you're not willing to forgive me. You have to be willing to forgive me, to love me. Otherwise, there's something in your heart that will block out love. Jesus was the greatest teacher, and he was the greatest preacher. We know that. But what changed life was hearing and doing. It was the practicing of unforgiveness. We don't just make a decision. It starts with a decision, and then we practice unforgiveness. How do I do that? How do I forgive when I'm hurt so deep? Well, I can only tell you how I've forgiven over the years when I've been hurt so deep, is I have to get before God and confess that I'm hurt. I have to get before God and confess that... I have needed forgiveness and help me forgive those who have hurt me. Help me to let it go. And I maybe had to pray that I'm sure more than one time, lots of times. I've prayed it and said, God, help me. And I begin to practice. I begin to walk out that unforgiveness and quit being so touchy. And the next thing you know, it's so much easier. And God says he wants us to walk forward. Practice is just that. Work at it until I'm whole. Forgiving others transpresses trespasses when our heart is bleeding and when the agony is deep because doing the work of Jesus means that we're refusing to give up until the work is complete in us not in them not in somebody else but it's made complete in us he will do that perfect work in us we win in life when we're old much but we forgive much amen we may be old much but we we have forgiven much how sincere are we with walking in wholeness. And this is kind of grown-up stuff because, you know, a lot of times, you know, you expect babies in a church. I love people when people get saved. I love them walking out their salvation. And it's so fun to 
help disciple and other people help disciple the young ones in the church and be there for them. But when you have a 40-year-old baby Christian that's been saved for 40 years and they aren't walking it out, something is wrong. We have to learn to walk out and get past offenses. Unforgiveness has a a false sense of security because I have the right. Have you ever felt like that? I have a right. And you know what? You can line up a whole bunch of people and they'd tell you you have a right. But with God, uh uh-uh, we don't have a right. Isn't that something? He doesn't really play fair, does he? In the natural, it doesn't look like he's playing fair, but he's telling, he's telling Peter something that Peter needed that for his life because Peter just happened to get in trouble all the time. Peter was so impulsive, he would say just anything at any time, and he would provoke other people, and other people are going to come back at Peter. And so there's always this contention that, that Peter has to be willing to give up and let go to be a success and be the man of God, the apostle that God had called him to be. And so Jesus was telling him, say, Peter, you're going to have to get past the seven times because you're putting the number on it that a, a, little, a little four-year-old could say, I'm sorry for, for uh, seven times during the day. You know that they did something wrong. But 490 times, now that's way out there. That's for those that just will not be offended at all. And so he was telling him that. And I believe that even if, if we were to the place where we knew it all and had it all, the most important thing that we would have and that we would know is that we are to not hold other people in bondage for their sins. I believe that forgiveness is such a key to wholeness because if we have unforgiveness in our heart, we'll go into 2020 waiting for the shoe to drop. And we need to not do that. You're living around a whole bunch of imperfect people. And they're going to fail. They're going to say things. They're going to do things that just aren't right. But if you go into 2020 with the attitude, I'm going to live a life of forgiveness. Even when it hurts, because it does hurt. But do you know that person that's in that house with you or at work with you that constantly is trying to cause trouble or you can't do anything to please them? Do you know that they're struggling also? But the grace that you give them, the forgiveness that you give them and watching your own actions, your own tone will bring healing in you first of all and it will also bring healing unto them. I believe that the body of Christ has suffered greatly because there has been such a small capacity to forgive and to go on as if it hadn't happened. And that's not easy for us because wounds go deep. And I'm not going to say you can just say it here today and everything's going to be okay because there's something, well, I'm not asking you to forget because you, there are some things you just will never forget. Those become testimonies, though, that when you overcome them, you're not going to forget them. But with the grace of God, I believe that the memory is a memorial to the goodness of God in our life. The memory that crushed us before, that just totally wiped us out, is now only a memorial to how good God has been in our life. And if God can heal me and he can bring me from my brokenness, he can do it for you. How much more he wants to do it for every person that's in this room. Many are sick because they're not rightly discerning the body of Christ. 
It could be in a church. It can be in a home. Because, see, he's the body of Christ in my home. But if we talk about each other, if we avoid each other, do we forgive those who never bother to ask us forgiveness? Jesus says in his word, they will know that you are my disciples by the love that you show for one another. It's important that my children see the love that Daryl and I have for each other. It's important that my grandchildren see that, that you see it. Do we get ornery with each other? Oh, yes. I have to set him up. Uh, I have to take care of him every once in a while and make him behave. But, but yes, of course. But we have to walk in forgiveness. We need to learn to look at that other person with forgiveness in our eyes and compassion. Verse 26 and 27 of Matthew, where we were at a while ago. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. And the servant's master took pity upon him and canceled the debt. That's what Jesus has done for us. He was released from his prison. He was blessed by forgiveness. His wife and his children were free. It is something to know that my grandchildren can be free if I'm free. My children can be free if I'm free. If I learn how to walk in forgiveness. Isn't it interesting? Now, why would Jesus, of all things, when Peter came to him about forgiveness, why would he tell this story? Jesus had so many stories. He could have told a lot of stories, and we would have been preaching about those today. But he told this particular story. Because he wanted us to get the fact that forgiveness is a way of life that will free your home from bitterness. It will free our homes from stress. It will free us from having anxiety in our homes. It will bring a peace from, the, from, from Jesus into our home. This free man should have been willing to free others. And you and I are free people today. I'm free, and you're free. We are free to love each other. We are free to take care of each other. The man who had forgiven the $10 million debt should have been full of compassion and love, and that's the child of God. That's who we are. Jesus is saying, this is who you're supposed to be, Peter. This is how you're supposed to act. This is how you're supposed to daily. And those people at work, they just agitate you so bad. They don't appreciate you. They don't even talk nice to you. They talk about you behind their back. What are they seeing in return? Do you avoid them? Do you go to the other side of the room? Do, do you avoid them at all costs? Verse 35 says, this is how the Heavenly Father will treat each of us unless we forgive our brother from our heart. How can I know today if I'm still entertaining an unforgiving spirit? I'm glad you asked. I know you want to know that. Have you ever been where you do fine for a little while and then something will happen and you'll remember the same old feelings? Anybody been there? You ever done that before? Yeah, you have. Well, it means that it's not cleaned out yet. It's not totally gone. But unforgiveness, we've got to let it go. We've got to accept the grace that God has given us. And we've got to give grace because we do not want our homes to die. We don't want ourselves to die a slow death. And anything that causes us to be grieved, 
is because we will not allow the past to go. And 2020 is an exciting year. It is a year of perfecting things in your life. Those things that you've been believing, God, and I believe that church, I believe there are families that are sitting in here today, and God has spoken things to you. It doesn't matter how young, how old you are. I believe that you're going to see new things happening in your life. And God says, I just want you to make sure that the little things are taken, that you're not letting root of bitterness in your heart that is choking out the word of God from operating in your life. How do I know the offense comes back when I'm in conversation or something doesn't go right? Do I pull the, I I like pastor's uh, illustration he's used so many times, do we pull the cat out by its tail? I believe that the cat's tail has rotten And it won't, it's not even there anymore. It is totally gone. Therefore, it cannot be pulled back up. It is totally dead. It is gone out of our life. And it is buried. And it will stay buried in our hearts and our life. Because I believe that God is taking us from where we were to where we're going. Amen. Ephesians 4.27 says, give no place to the devil. Would you come, uh, Dwayne? The place, the word place is a Greek word, T-O-P-O-S, and it depicts a specific marked-off geographical location. In other words, the devil is looking for any inroad into our lives. If we give place to bitterness and unforgiveness, he's got a spot. He's got a place that he can cause you all kinds of problems. And the Word of God is t- telling us, don't let him take any territory because you know what the enemy does? He doesn't want just a little piece. He wants to keep on until your soul is so sick. You will think you'll never be happy again. You will think you'll never laugh again. But I promise you, you will. If you will hang on to the Word of God, things will change. We have to be willing to cancel the debts of our past. We have to be willing to let 2019 go. The only thing good about 2019 are the victories of God and how we have grown. You know, you may have been in a really rough time in 2019. Have you grown from those times? Have you seen God still in spite of yourself? Have you seen God still bless? Have you seen God keep you? Have you seen God be faithful even when it's been hard for you? And I believe that we aren't to stop in the middle of 2020. We're to move on on and see what God is going to do us do in our life. We have to open ourselves up to the future, open ourselves up to what God's got. And, and Jesus was teaching us that 490s. And I don't even believe that was the end of it. I believe he's just saying, you know what? It's limitless. It's limit. It's limitless. I want you to live like this. This is what I want you to do. We all know the love chapter, love 13, 1 Corinthians 13. Love suffers long, it's kind, and on and on. And it says it never fails, it will not fail when we love. And in that same, in Matthew 22, 36, 39, Jesus was asked, Master, what's the greatest commandment in the law? It's interesting that he said, in the law. And Jesus said to him, of course, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart. You know, we're not doing away with that. You should, you know, you should love with all your soul and all your mind. But here is the first and great commandment. The second is that you should love your neighbor as yourself. You should love 
and forgive yourself just as you forgive others. And there are people that are in here today that don't have the ability seemingly to forgive yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, I can forgive my mate. I can forgive others. But how about the things that I've done? How can I forgive myself? Can't go into 2020 on this forgiveness message without forgiving yourself. The body of Christ cannot be well until there's self-forgiveness. And I know that we've done a lot of things in life that you wish, we all wish we could take back some of the things, but we cannot take those things back. But we can go on. If there's been truly, truly true repentance that has caused godly sorrow for the sins that you've committed against God, against others, and against yourself, and you've repented of that, and you've asked Jesus to bring healing in your life, well, guilt is gone and grace comes in. And that's where we're supposed to live, is in the grace. We are in grace time. Let your memories be a memorial to the healing power of Christ. Oh my goodness, we all have so many testimonies of how good God's been and how he's healed us. You know, I mean, I, I thank God for healing our bodies and God's healed my body many, many times. He's done that. But the greatest healing he ever did was heal me in my soul. Because my soul, my spirit man is strong. When I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior, I became a new creature. And as I feed the spirit man with the word of God, as I speak the word of God out my mouth, my soul begins to be refreshed. My soul begins to be renewed. And then when the enemy tries to attack my body, where do I go? I go back because a strong spirit will sustain me. I go back to this spirit of God that's in me and to the word of God and I begin to speak out of my mouth what the word of God says about my situation because my soul is strong and been renewed. How do we overcome forgiveness? First of all, according to the word of God, we are forgiven. How do I forgive myself just like I forgive others? Just as God forgave me, I forgive others, but I got to forgive myself. And I've got to renew my mind to the word of God that says I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am no longer the old man. I am new in Christ. And therefore, I can be made whole. We have got to get to the place where we let ourselves free from the bondage of unforgiveness. On the night of Jesus' betrayal, stand to your feet this morning Jesus left us a life flowing message 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23 he broke bread that whole passage there down to about verse 31 he broke bread with his disciples and he said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me and we we do communion around here a lot but he took the cup and he was saying this cup is the new testament of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember what I did for you. Remember that my grace is sufficient. Remember that I am God of more than enough. I have the ability to bring wholeness. And he talks of us not, talks of us rightly discerning the, the Lord's body because it causes us to be weak and sickly and, and uh, early death for so many people. Do we want to be whole? Do we want to just like uh, when Jesus or, or when uh, yeah Jesus asked the man at the pool uh, of Bethesda, do 
We have to ask ourselves, do I love enough to forgive and let go? Do I have that capacity within me? Yes, you do. You do. You have to practice it, but you do. That's forgiving others and forgiving ourselves. John 3, 35. By this, all men shall know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And I believe in this house as we go forth in 2020, we go forth free, free in our hearts, our minds, and in our bodies. As our soul prospers, so shall everything else. You know, it's interesting. We want our finances to prosper. We want our body to prosper. We want everything around us to prosper. And the Word of God is telling us that He wants it more than anything. But unless our soul is prosperous, we can never be prosperous. Amen. Good word today to take with you this week and make decisions. I will not fall into the trap of being so upset that I have unforgiveness in my heart. Forgiveness is a choice. I choose to forgive. Amen. I know that we're getting ready to, we're going to have a baptismal service. But before we do that, I just want to pray with you. If you're in this house today and you say, man, now I want to promise you that I've been going to, I've been going to minister this for about four weeks now. So it's not because of anybody or anybody I've been going to. This is what I felt the Lord would have me to do. I've preached this message maybe three or four times through the years. But I really felt it was supposed to be. I need the remembrance. I don't want things bogging me down in 2020. I don't want to drag things into my life and stop what God wants to do. Don't stop the flow in your life. You can want to be prosperous. But I tell you, if your soul gets sick, you're not going to be prosperous in anything. Your finances are going to fall. You're going to fall apart. Your body's going to fall apart. And your mind won't be able to comprehend the Word of God. Because the enemy will, ha will do a snow job. If he can get territory and unforgiveness, he'll just keep on and keep on and keep on. So today, maybe you're in this house. And we'll just do this together because it's probably been more than just one person. It's probably a whole lot of us today that just need to pray a prayer and make a decision that we're not going to take unforgiveness into our hearts and into our lives in this new season. Just put your hand on your heart and repeat after me this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ died for me and rose again. I believe that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father. I believe Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And that I can confess my sins. That I can confess my sins. And that the blood of Jesus will cover them. That the blood of Jesus will cover them. So today I ask you. So today I ask you to forgive me. To forgive me for holding in my heart grudges. For holding in my heart grudges. Complaints. Complaints. Judgments. Judgments. On other people. On other people. And I ask you to help me to live with a whole heart. And I ask you to help me to live with a whole heart. That is healthy. That's healthy. And walking in unforgiveness. Walking in unforgiveness. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. And remind me. And remind me. To be forgiving. To be forgiving. And to walk in your love. To walk in your love. As you have loved me. As you loved me. I will love others in Jesus' name. Amen.
Give the Lord a hand clap for his word this morning. Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At the Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At the Table with Darlene.